Well, I have a photograph in front of me. In fact, I d decided um, to do it with photographs, deliberately so. Steve's a, a account of his own personal myth, um, obviously very personal to him, and he is a very good raconteur anyway, has a, um, an absolutely excellent memory for, for dates and so on. Um, I'm probably less so, so uh, you'll have to forgive me if I rely on some photographs to prompt me to do it. And the first one I have is a, it's a picture of my mum as a baby uh, being held by her mother, so my maternal grandmother. And it's a photograph that I've obviously I've had a long time. We've, we've had it up in our... Well, we, we have a large We one. have a larger version of it, we which was up, up in our... Yes, um, which was in our living room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the fireplace, so it was kind of central to the living room, and it kind of sums up that uh, that matrilineal line and those things, obviously, that have been passed down through my grandmother and my mater and, and my mother uh, to me, and because it's such a strong image, uh, you know, it brings up all sorts of. Um, memories really i mean the two women are very they couldn't have been more different women could they no. my grandmother no. and, and my own personal mother almost to the point that you you wouldn't think that they were related no. necessarily she's more like you wasn't she yes your grandmother was much more like pauline i th i think so certainly in terms of not necessarily in terms of temperament but she was strong in ways that my my own personal mother wasn't strong and so in that regard, um, far more of an inspiration for me. And she was the person that actually I turned to when we were having difficulties with my family, when we mm. just when we got together, first got mm. together and before we got married. Mm. My own when my own personal mother kind of turned against me and turned against mm. us and our relationship. Well, she adopted me, didn't she? In she effect, did. as uh, her own grandson, she did. you know. Yes, she yep. did, and um, my own personal mother, or my own mother, would have probably said that she was um, cold and hard and difficult to get on with, somewhat remote emotionally, but we never found her to be that no. way Not at so all. all. No. Uh, she was a tough woman, there's no doubt about that, and she went through an awful lot of things in her life. But I would not have said that she was cold or unreceptive or unfeeling, but then obviously everyone's entitled to, to their own perspective on things. Um, and she was probably, would you agree she was a matriarch from oh, the yeah. family? Oh yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah. Um, my mother had a, a younger sister, um, Anne, um, as well, who was... Um, I think of her obviously in the in the sort of grouping of women, but she was very much a lady. She was a, a career woman, uh, which was probably let's say quite unusual for for the times in which she lived. Um, she lost her husband early on in life, and obviously she invested a, after his death a lot of her energy into her career, and uh, she went back to the family home and she lived with my, my grandmother um, and my grandfather for, for the rest of her days. In fact, my grandmother actually outlived her as well. Mm. Um, 
which was a, a very sad situation. Um, I don't know whether this is too grim to talk about really, but she died of cancer uh, and my grandmother actually lay with her as she died, which I guess any good mother would do. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a very moving thing, mm. really. It is. Very moving. So, for someone who was supposed to be cold and remote and unfeeling, that doesn't, that doesn't no, they, they, they weren't like feel that, that, that way to they, me. They weren't like that, either of them. No. Um, they no. were, uh, my impression of them, bearing in mind that they, they had a jewellery business, mm. uh, they were wealthy, um, refined in manner, um, genuine English middle class from the early 1900s through to when your Auntie Anne was born, which would have been in the 1930s. Yeah. Uh, they had all of those values and they expressed them. They had that, that solidity, didn't yes, they? Yes, they did. Um, the issue was your father, but never mind. I'm sure you'll, you'll come to that. Yeah, he's a, another story, really. And uh, his background was, was very, very different to my mum's. Yeah, very, um, yeah. He came from a, a large family. There were five brothers and two sisters. And um, in terms of, uh, I mean, they weren't wealthy. No, they no, no, wealthy no, no, people. they were bog-standard working class. In terms of their background, yes. they were decent people. They were very decent people. In terms people. of their express yeah. morality, um, yeah. they weren't criminals or anything like that. They no, were no. decent working class, but basic working class, hard-working. Yeah. Many of them improved themselves, didn't they, significantly? Yes, I they, would say. they did. I think the thing that was evident to me as a young girl growing up was that was the difference was mm -hmm. the polarity between the two backgrounds and you know my mum and my dad in that regard were very, came from very very different backgrounds mm. and that in and of itself isn't necessarily a problem for people but I think it was for them mm. And they didn't really have anything else to bond them, particularly that, that was um, that was obvious. No. I mean, it wasn't as if they they shared the same values, particularly even. And you know, I can remember my mum even as a girl talking to other people uh, that she knew and saying, "Well, when she married my dad, well, I've made my bed, I'm going to lie in it," and that kind of sealed her fate. For the rest of our days, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, but that was the, the, the choice that she made. But uh, the, the, the takeaway for me with respect to um, my grandmother, I think, is that she stands out. She stands out in an inspirational mm. sense because she did, she went through so much. She did. And I would look to her, sadly not to my own mother in, in, in the same way. For inspiration. Mm. Well, she yeah. supported us right she did. immediately from the get go. Um, yes. um, Pauline was only 16. Um, am I uh, not at all. inappropriately no, no, not interjecting at all. here? Yes. And uh, we got engaged mm. when Pauline was 16. Everybody knew except her dad. Um, but the person who coordinated the remainder of the family with respect to them not being a problem about that was. Man, wasn't it? Yes. It was your nan. Absolutely.
Yes. She'd wave a walking stick like it was a, a yeah. parliamentary mace <laughs> and all the decisions would be thus yeah. made. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, she, she had a strength to her. Mm. My mum, in many ways, I think was probably more like her father. Yeah. And um, he was a quite an interesting man in some ways. He, he was going to go into the clergy but but never managed it for whatever reason and i think as you've said steve they they had their own business their own jewelry jewelry business mm. and he was quite a quiet sort of gentleman in many ways but he weak was. with it yeah, unfortunately very. and i think my mum turned to him and away from her own mother because she felt closer to him maybe mm. she just uh, felt it was easier, the relationship with him was easier, it's it's hard to say, but I don't think it, I don't think it did her any good really, I think it left a kind of lasting vulnerability, a lasting weakness in her and probably made it difficult in the relationship that she had with my dad as well because he mm. was, uh, like you say, came from a tough working class background, he was um, a fireman by occupation and so very 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 different men but he brought something else to the equation that maybe she never fully valued and that may have accounted for a lot of mm. the difficulties between them as well that he was in some ways although he was a very authoritarian man he was nonetheless a man's man he was yeah he was uh, but he underperformed, didn't he, compared to his brothers. I mean, oh, one yes. of the other brothers was a fireman, but he ended up the That's chief true. fire officer in Hong Kong. He did. He was like, at the very yes. top level. Yes, he did. Now, um, I think one of the things yeah. that bonded them was that they were Roman Catholic, weren't they? They had that yes, background. Yes, there was, there was that. So there wasn't a religious issue between them. Um, but your nan used to like motorsports. Oh, she did? She'd be off down the country lanes in yes. British racing green sports cars yes. and that kind of thing. She was quite a, quite an adventurer, wasn't she? She was. And a flapper and a model as well. She was a in, photographer's model, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, in the 1920s. We've got some quite interesting we have. photographs yeah, of we have. her. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we've even got a photograph of her because um, she was born and raised in Lynn, in Cheshire. Yeah. And there's, there's even some beautiful photographs of her in the uh, May Day Parade yeah. and you can you can see her on the carriage going going through Lim as a, as a little girl um, involved in the May Day celebration so she grew up in the countryside she did uh, yeah. the Cheshire countryside and uh, she had that in her background as well um, yeah an interesting lady in many ways she lost a foot it was sewn back on she a, did. in a car crash, uh, in, a, in a sports car, uh, hit a tractor or something coming the other way and um, the accelerator pedal, or one of the pedals anyway, apparently sliced the foot off yeah. um, and it was stitched back on uh, and she had a, a walking stick for the rest of her life but mm. she would not let that get in her way, would she as well? She, no, yeah. no she wouldn't. Well she actually introduced us to John Kane as well yeah. because it was as a result of that injury mm. um, that she went to see him and she would always wear a photograph of his face in her stocking yeah, over, over the, 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 the over the yeah. site of the injury yes and, yeah. the, and the foot that had been reattached but i always remember her telling us the story uh, of the doctor who decided to do that because the, the the general advice at the time was that she should lose that foot she should just mm. have it amp amputated and it was an indian doctor who said no mm -hmm. we're, we're going to try and uh 
reattaching for you because she was a relatively young woman at the mm. time. And um, yeah, it, it certainly didn't stop her, did it? No. She no. made a good recovery from that, albeit no. that she, you know, had to walk with a stick. Yeah, she impressed me as having vision. She could see the way things were going to go and would then try and arrange people to arrive at that destination that, yeah. that her vision had. And it was, uh, it was nice, it was nice that she believed in us as well, as much as she did. Yeah, yeah. And then the night that I walked out when I was 16, uh, I went to John Kane's first and then to her home. Yeah. And uh, I guess she, she stood up for us. She, she advocated did. for she us. Did. Oh, she did. Uh, yeah. Against her own daughter, really. Yeah, she did. Um, she did. So I'm grateful for that. I'll always yeah. be grateful for that. Right, the next photograph uh, I have to hand is a photograph of my mum with me as a baby, so next generation on, and I've chosen it because, well, we're both smiling in the photograph. My mum used to say that I was, uh, sounds a bit silly saying this, but I was a sunshine baby, and that I would wake up smiling and singing every day. And that, I guess, the photograph really sums that up, I think. The, the, uh, not so sure about my mum's smile, about the integrity of that, to be honest with you. Um, but certainly my own and my own memories, uh, those very early memories of that time, would have been of just the joy of being alive. I, that's something that's very clear to me. The just a love of life um of every day of embracing every day and and just just feeling how good it was to be alive that's probably the best way i can put it and i have another memory too of um my mum's father um my maternal grandfather of being in port sunlight which is oh, yeah. um a very beautiful local village mm, and there's some very sort of uh, ornate gardens, they're beautiful gardens and I can I have a very clear memory of it being a beautiful sunny day. I think there were other family members there but I don't particularly remember them now but they were there in the background and running through the gardens, bright sunshine, beautiful flowers and just running towards him and into his arms and Again, that's just another memory that connects to the one that is, is brought up by this particular photograph, which is just that, just that love of life, that connection to people. Just the joy, the sheer joy of being alive and, and, and embracing the sunshine, embracing the environment, um, just appreciation for little things. And I, I think I've always had that. that. That goes right, right back to these early memories. And has persisted over time, I would say. Is that well. your sensing and your feeling, do you think? Yes, I think absolutely yeah. it is. Absolutely, because um, those sense impressions, the, the colour, the, the intensity of the light, the uh, emotional content, the, the, the joy, the connection to people, mm. I think it really defines us. Yeah. Even then, the, those mm. earliest memories, it mm. was clearly there. Yeah. And it's only in retrospect you can look back and give it a name, isn't it? Mm. But yeah. No, it was there at the beginning, yeah. most definitely. Yeah. That has persisted. I couldn't, I could not give those things up. No. 
with the two fundamentals. You haven't done? No, I haven't done. No. I don't think I have. No, I no. mean, they may have been attenuated along the way because, you know, as you collide with life and you grow up and you get older, um, you meet with all sorts of difficulties that impact on that basic orientation. They're, they're bound to. But I've always fought to get them back again, mm. to get to get that equilibrium back whenever mm. I've been challenged mm. by things. Mm. But yes, they, they were definitely there at the beginning. And another memory strangely in Port Sunlight, and I would be, again, probably just a, a, a young baby in a pram, probably sitting up, so I would say probably six months onwards, somewhere around there. And... My, I was with my. I remember my sister being there. She's four and a half years older than me, and her friend, who may have been a little bit older again, and the friend was pushing me in the pram, and I can remember the, the dark green of the canopy of the interior of it. So again, there's that connection to to colour, for me, which seems to be very important, and I remember feeling that I didn't want this girl to push me in the pram, mm. that I was irritated by it. Uh, I would have preferred my sister, but she was probably a little bit too young to be uh, tasked with that. And or my mum, I presume my mum was somewhere in the background. But um, yeah, but I found that really disagreeable, which is a kind of a feeling thing again. Mm. Of either finding something agreeable or disagreeable is very much a feeling value, mm. isn't it? Yes. And an extroverted one at that, that connection mm. to, to the people uh, around you. So those, those things really stand out. And probably the next few that I have are very much connected to um, early childhood, I would say, uh, sort of preschool and then um, starting an infant school and my love of dance coming through. And I can remember pestering my mum to let me join the, the local dance school, which in those days I think was... Um, quite expensive so it was something she wanted to be certain that I wanted to do she wasn't going to spend any money on me if I wasn't serious about it but I was and I can remember putting a lot of pressure on her to let me do it and obviously she acquiesced in the end and and I did join and I absolutely loved it we do regular exams uh, in dance and we put on shows at a, a local theatre uh, stage productions and I just loved it absolutely loved it and again that's something that's um, that's probably stayed with me all my life as well is a love of dance even oh, though yeah. I reached a point where I wasn't able to pursue it myself anymore which was I think probably about the age of 10, 11 uh, well you, you, were, you were being pushed to try for the Royal Ballet weren't you? well I was, I, mean, I had an she, opportunity to do it she won all sorts of it. awards and she was, she was really really doing well and uh, your mum wouldn't have wanted you to do it regardless no. so it, it was going to be stopped wasn't it? it and was, yes that was uh, yeah. a real repression on your drive and on your instincts mm -hmm. and on your, your, the essential spirit of you as a person yeah. Yeah. all of that was affected uh, because throughout your life for as long as she lived she was attempting to suppress you and appropriate you to her needs oh, and absolutely. it happens so often doesn't it it does 
And I think yeah. you often say, Steve, too, don't you, about the effect of parental complexes, that the, the children actually suffer more from them. Yeah. Um, that, that they, they, they absorb so much absorb from the environment it, yeah. that they grow up in. Yeah. That they, if, if they do develop a particular complex, it tends to be worse than it was for the actual parents. Yeah. Yeah. And for a time, I took on her agoraphobia. Yes. Yeah, she had the agoraphobia. She had the agoraphobia. And, uh, she suggested to Pauline that she couldn't travel because yes. that would mean that you would be away from her. That's right. And that was sorted out later, wasn't yeah. it? We, we, we sorted that we out. We did, um, yes. But it persisted for that long until I met you, which is when you were, well, I met you when you were just past 15, weren't you? Yeah. But when we got together, you were 16, and we sorted it out then, we along did. with a few other things, through our relationship. Yes, yeah. yes. But it was so strong in me that I felt, I think as you rightly say, Steve, that I couldn't travel. Mm. I couldn't stay in strange places so we'd gone family holidays and they've been an absolute nightmare in so much as I couldn't wait to get home again yeah. and also with respect to the dancing it was so deeply ingrained in me that if I was to receive and take up a place at the Royal Ballet School for example I wouldn't be able to hack it because I wouldn't mm. be able to stay away from home it just wouldn't happen yeah. so even if I had the talent to pursue that mm. I would be brought back into the family fold very very yeah. quickly yeah. and that kept me there it kept me there as a go-between it did and between, your parents. between my yeah. parents and i was kind of there to to keep the stability for the family and the relationships yeah. between everyone and uh to contribute to the sort of the harmo the harmony the harmonious uh, nature of things within the home because things yeah. were often conflicted yeah and you know, that, yeah. that, that was why I was there. That, for them, yeah. that was my role. Well, they were utilising your extroverted feelings. Very much so. To mediate. That was, that was clear. So. Yeah. Um, and other things I know, because I wasn't there when she was very small. I heard mm. all the stories from her, her friends in the street that you know, if someone hurt themselves out in the street, Pauline would be out there administering first aid. <laughs> you know, so yeah. She had this caring nature. Um, and her mum and dad were very, very different. And yeah. they were using her to keep... The keep the marriage together to keep, and the family yeah, as a whole. To keep the marriage yes, together, to maintain its persona. Yeah. Um, yeah. So her own essential spirit had to be nurtured, but only up to the point where it didn't threaten that stability. Yes. But that essential spirit was there, it was indefatigable, it didn't go away, no. it wasn't beaten. No. Just had to wait that moment where you could express it and become yourself. Yes, that's absolutely true. I mean, you're right to say I, I would be first out with the with the plasters yeah. if uh, a little boy fell in the street or, you know, mm. someone was hurt. Uh, I wanted to, to help out in any way I could. And, you know, even sort of my toys, my toys would all be lined up at night. They all had to be put to bed. All, all the teddies and the dolls, it didn't matter who they were. They all And they all had to be treated in the same way. There had yeah. to be a, a sense of fairness yeah. about about uh, what what their needs might be as dolls and teddies yeah. and uh, so well, that, on. That's extroverted feeling, Which is the isn't extroverted it? You can see how feeling. strong yes. a trait that yes. was yeah. and is in your yes. character. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. If, if that were to go, as we often say to people, I, I would cease to be me. Yeah. And you know, it's a bit it's a bit of a double-edged sword, as it is for all of us, whatever our our dominant uh, function is. And uh, there is a downside to that, of course. Mm. There is. Um, and, I, and I have to manage that as best I can. But it's something that if I gave up, I would cease to exist. 
I would yeah. be someone completely different. You would. You'd be like your sister. Yes. Who is very different to you. Who? In every imaginable way. <laughs> who is a, another subject altogether, really. Yeah, yeah. Very, very different. As I think I said earlier, four, four and a half years. Age difference between us. And she was much quieter. Um, more concrete, I yeah. would say. ISTJ. Yes, typologically. Yes. ISTJ. Yeah. She close took the to, close to my dad. In, in terms of style and yeah. I I think that well they, they were um, they were in a close identification with one they another were, weren't yeah. they really yeah. I think when I came along they probably wanted or my dad certainly wanted a son and I think that's probably even where I get my name from he was probably hoping I would be Paul and I was Paul, <laughs> Paul in, in the end um, but he would buy me tractors and train sets and uh, robots and all things mechanical yeah. and uh, you know it tells you something doesn't it about it does. a person's expectation but I think e even from, with respect to your own family Steve they had a pink cot for you didn't oh, yeah, they? they did, yeah, yeah. if I remember correctly they did yeah and they denied <laughs> that um, yeah. they were hoping I'd be a girl but my mum told me what my name would be had I been one yes. and when we um, when Gareth who took over at my parents <laughs> house uh, for about a year, uh, when I was clearing that out, I found the pink cot in the loft. It was yes. still there. Yes, like it the, was. The ghost of the girl who never was. <laughs> yeah. And what would you name it then? Out of I'm not going to say that publicly. <laughs> I can't actually. I can't. Yeah, but the the funny things names aren't they? Because yeah. my dad had different names lined up for me and my sister than, yeah. than my mum did. My mum went out in the end actually. Right. But it, we would have been Julie and, and Jane, strangely enough, right. James, had that happened, had he got his way on it. But uh, she asserted herself over that, which is probably one of the few times she asserted herself yeah. at all in a married life. But, but she did yeah. on that. And yeah, anyway, Paul became Pauline and uh, yeah, he didn't get the son that he wanted, unfortunately. Yeah. He could have had a son in law too, but he, he didn't like me. No. That's another story. No, well, it, but it's an interesting part of the story, Steve, because um, in relation to my sister, he he tended to encourage uh, bad boys. He, he was happy for her to have relationships mm. to bad boys oh, wow. and, and, and almost um, reveled in it. Yeah. But then it, someone like yourself comes along, a mm. decent man with um, mm. proper values mm. and a profession, a job, an occupation and a home mm. already yeah. to bring his younger da youngest daughter into. And he didn't like it. No. And it's like, how bizarre is that? Yeah. Really, really bizarre. So I'm probably um, just thinking now about uh, some of my school memories um i think i mentioned earlier that um i love school certainly infant school um even the first day that that was no problem uh it was just a joy to go out into the world and make friends and um to share experiences and i love learning and did well educationally i would say um, around that age. Uh, the difficulties came later, um, moving from infant school to junior school, where I went to a school which is a, a little bit out of area, so it was, um, it felt a long way from home as well, and in those days I would either catch a bus, 
myself to go or sometimes even walk there, walk there and walk home. And it was, as probably for a lot of children, quite a step up. Um, and sadly, uh, my memories of those days aren't very good because whilst I was encouraged in school to do well and uh, I did do well and started to excel at art in particular and I would get a lot of positive feedback um, from teachers about my work that sadly rubbed a lot of other children who the surrounding area of the school was quite a deprived area so we had um, some children there who were from the local orphanage and that created problems of, of envy and jealousy, some of the positive feedback that I was getting from the teachers and there was a period of time, very um, quite an extensive period of time where I was bullied and I would be followed home from school and it, it was a combination of verbal and physical abuse um, that became very unpleasant and it took me a long time to share that even with my family, with, with my mum and dad. And my dad was really quite matter-of-fact about it. It was more a case of really you just need to, to toughen up. No sort of uh, help with how to do that, how to go about that, but simply that I should, you know, maybe assert myself, stick up for myself they, more. Was it then that he said about growing a, a thicker skin, you need to be fixed, thicker yes, skin and then the psoriasis starts? That's it. right, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I think the psoriasis came a bit later but, but mm. the suggestion took yeah. at that time and I can remember I was, I was sat at the dining room table with him when he said it and he was busy doing something else and there was there was no there was no relating, there was no warmth, there was no compassion, nothing from him at all. And, I, God, you know, I can even remember what I was eating. It was <laughs> vegetable soup uh, and crying into my soup and thinking, that's just so unhelpful. Mm. Uh, anyway, that persisted and eventually, because it was a Catholic school, a meeting was arranged uh, with some of the, the priests um, attached to the, the church, they weren't teaching in the school but they were obviously they were attached to the church of being a Catholic school and they supported the bullies unfortunately for me and it took uh, um, the headmaster at the time to when he was eventually involved to kind of say well, we'll you know we'll, we'll have to try and put a stop to this but they didn't really do anything of any worth I had any any real results to it and I think that and that created a lot of problems for me it probably um, meant that when I was faced with difficulties later in life, challenges later in life, uh, that I then had a tendency probably towards displacement. Because I can remember standing in the, the uh, queue for the canteen, it was like an outside canteen, like a, you probably remember it Steve, um, because you, you know, even as a, a policeman you patrolled I did, yeah. the area yeah. uh, and so you would have been familiar with it because mm. it's still standing now and the actual St John's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the actual canteen yeah. which was like a long wooden mm. hut almost yeah. structure would have still been in place then and we'd queue up in the playground um, for that 
and I almost found a, a way, if you like, even at that young age, of distracting myself into, well, you know, I wonder if the cutlery will be clean today, or I wonder what's on the menu, just little things like that. But I think, for me now, I've, as I look back over many, many years, that that was the beginning of a displacement. Yeah. And I think when I was then challenged by other things later in life, I tended to fall back on that in, in different ways, obviously not, not in the same way I did then. But I think that set the wheels in motion for that particular form of adaptation to outer difficulties. So, uh, yeah, um, the, like I say, not a good time. Um, and eventually I think my mum and dad got the message and realised that I couldn't go on like that because I started to refuse to go to school. Uh, I stopped eating. I was ob obviously depressed, mm. obviously so, again looking back now. And I can remember the bleakness of that time of the depersonalisation, feelings of derealisation with respect to my environment. Of course I didn't have that language for it in those days, but nonetheless that was there. And that that life force, that energy, that love of life, just ducted back in to me and became quite a profound depression. And it was then and only then that they decided that they had to act. And there was um, they put me in for the entrance exam for the the local prep school for the convent for the it? convent yeah. prep school and a hundred uh, girls. Um, sat the exam for it and I came first in the exam and I can remember my father you know telling me oh you know you've got a place and you, you've come first and he was shocked it was like how did you manage that mm. um, not oh, that's fantastic that's really well done and uh, this is going to be a good start for you new start but now it was like how the heck did you manage to achieve that so that was um, you know uh, that was how he was, unfortunately. But that was the beginning of a real change for, for me, a really positive change, because of, I was in a, a beautiful environment, although, you know, it, it, the surrounding area wasn't particularly nice. The school itself, it was like a backwater, Steve. Again, mm, you it remember was. it. The convent was over. Yeah. The convent yeah. was in a beautiful location it was yeah. almost like an oasis it was, wasn't it yeah. in, in a desert really mm. and I just loved it I took to it straight away and there was no bullying we were in um, an environment where everybody wanted to learn and was encouraged to learn and rewarded for learning and, and that that was just fantastic and that continued on and then I moved up to the senior school from there to the to the uh, um, Rock Ferry Convent Grammar School for Girls as it was in those days and did well academically mm. uh, right the way through to O level and then you made an appearance didn't you pretty much on the scene as I got to around yeah. 15, 16. Uh, yeah you were a month and <coughs> uh, it was about six days past your 15th birthday when I met you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way too young. I didn't. She didn't look that. She looked a lot older, and I didn't know. 
I was surprised when I was told that. Yeah. So I thought yeah. I'll have to come back in a year. And you did. And I did. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. And uh, I was just, I was about to take my O-levels and... Yeah. Yeah, something of a distraction, I suppose. It didn't stop me guessing, though. No, no, but that was one reason why your dad didn't want me around, wasn't it? Because it would, uh, would have stopped mm. you passing your exams. He suggested, and it didn't work, did it? You did pass your exams. Well, that was the, yeah. that was the rationalisation that, that yeah. he gave for his reaction to yeah. things. I don't think it had anything to do with that at all, no. to be honest with you. But he could probably see that was the beginning of the separation. Yeah. From the family, from the constella family constellation, yeah. and uh, that was just too threatening mm. for everyone to contemplate. But it was unstoppable. Yeah, it at was. the same time. It was. Yeah, it was. And thank God it was mm. really, because we we wouldn't be here now together no, no, no. all these decades later. Yeah, indeed. So he didn't stop us, and we well. Our relation carried on, relationship carried on from there, and um, the well, photograph that we got engaged, didn't we? we yes, we did in I, secret. I asked, I asked her to marry me within a week of going out with her. <coughs> I absolutely was sure and certain. Yes, and, uh, she said yes. So that was, yeah, that was it. I was one hundred percent committed. Yes. Well, it was an instinctive thing again. Yeah, it I, was. To be honest, mm. I, I didn't have to think about it. No, no, me. It was just no. absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, it could have been wrong. It could, of course, it could, it could yeah. for either could. of us. Yeah, yeah. It happens. Yeah. But at that time, at that moment in time, I, there was no doubt. No, no, it was it was magical. Yes. I, I felt it was. Yes. Anyway, yeah. Can you speak for myself? Yes. I think the sad thing looking back is how we had to steal time. Yeah. And I would go and see you an awful loss, mm. and and your family were were fantastic. Oh yeah, they me. loved you, didn't they? Um, really wonderful. Yeah. And I never wanted to go home after that. Yeah. The taxi would arrive or yeah. get the bus home or, or whatever it happened to be. And it was just a heart sink moment to have to go back to them. Mm. Um, and really, I think then I was just biding my time. Yeah. We got no trouble from the police. And what I mean by that mm. is not because we did anything unlawful. No. But with you being 16... Uh, and in those days, they, they had to approve of relationships. You, you, you couldn't have a second job. You can now. You couldn't have any role in politics. You can now. Um, they had to approve where you lived. And if you were, you know, making a serious commitment to someone, particularly a girl of sixteen, and you're a considerably older individual, mm. they would be on that. And oh, they would fetch you. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, but they. Literally, well, mm. not literally, but embraced her in a protective way right from the start, and and uh, that was that was lovely. And the, these were older guys; these were the old, the old R sergeants and above mm. were happy for it, and uh, that that was nice. Even though I didn't like the job, to be honest with you, but, um, the fact that they accepted it and there was going to be no attempt to interfere with it that was great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, those early days, like you say, Steve, before we got married, uh, we had to conceal the engagement. You bought me a ring, and I couldn't yeah. wear it when I went home. I had to take it yeah, off and, yeah. Your knew. and hide it. You, you, she knew, she was still on but I couldn't have worn it in front of my dad. No, no. She was, mm. she was on side for about, let me see now, from uh, the June to the April. Yes. So, yeah, yes. Ten months. Yeah. 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 And then it was obvious it was serious, and then uh, that was that. Yes, yeah, so school was okay. 
Mm. Um, I you did really well. I did, yes, yeah. I guess I did. Um, got the requisite amount of O levels and A levels, but as I think I said earlier, there was absolutely no chance of going to university because, of course. Yeah, there was that hangover. There was but, that hangover um, from it. There were other, yeah, you, you did break that spell before oh, you yes. left school because you, <clears throat> you came with me to Bristol, didn't you, when you were 16? Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yes, but it, it, it's interesting, isn't it, that that, that broke state. Yeah, the association because, with me, because yes, we were travelling around together. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But but had I, and, and I guess this is, is uh, instructive, isn't it? Had mm. I been back in the fam in the bosom of the family, so to speak, I would have probably reverted back to not being able to travel. So it just shows how you can create a completely different psychological, psychophysiological state in someone yeah. to the point that they can actually break free from these things. Yes. So uh, that was absolutely key and you know obviously my relationship to you has been central to the to the whole of my adult life thank you um and before and before yes when you were yeah. 16 yes yeah. i know but you know i i know it's not sort of strictly adult but it's moving in that direction yeah, it is, isn't yeah. It? yeah so left school 18 and at that time unemployment was really high Terrible, yeah. terrible yeah. Uh, for people to find work. I know it's it's, it's bad now, but it was really bad then, um, in the early eighties. And even with qualifications, it made no difference. And I was thinking about maybe going into the fire service, um, like my dad had done and my sister had done, just following suit. And because we had um, a home and we were about to get married, weren't we? Relatively soon yeah, yeah. Uh, that I should really have a job. Well you left, you left school in the summer of 1980 yes. and we got, we got a house in 1980. Yes, yeah. so we, we had it before we yeah. got married and moved yeah. in didn't we? We did. Yeah. yeah. So we, we needed an income. Yeah. yeah. That was the long and short of it and so I joined the civil service uh, for five years as a started as a clerical assistant right on the, to the bottom rung of the ladder. Yeah and eventually uh, made it to clerical officer and mm. never liked it, never really mm. adapted no. to it. I mean, I quite enjoyed the contact with the public because yeah. it's a public service. Uh, unlike my colleagues who uh, tended to treat people as if, you know, they just yeah. something on the bottom of their shoe. Well, remember, in 1980, that was also when we both started working with John Kane. Yes, we did. So you were doing mm. that and you were yes. basically doing literally hands-on uh, work with yeah. him and me. Yes. We were we were his assistants, weren't That's we? That's true. Uh, yeah. And you were doing that for five years whilst you're in the civil service. And I yes. was up at Arrow Park Hospital doing yes. psychotherapy. Yes, you were. And you'd already developed an interest in Carl Jung as well before you left oh, school. Yes. So all of those factors were in place. All, all of those things were there, and, and and so there was definitely a general trend in that direction, and yeah. anything to do with depth psychology and healing, and yeah. uh, wanting to work with people in that way, but. You know, we had to pay our way, and so I, I was mm. in the the civil service for five years, and then eventually there was a bit of a crossroads, or I had a choice to make about what I wanted my future to be, and I had a choice between doing occupational therapy and maybe doing um, a degree in art, 
you also looked at psychology as well. Yes, I did. I um, had a place. You actually, did have a place, I? and you, you, yeah. you moved towards occupational therapy, which is the right thing because that was in yes. alignment with everything else. Well, that strangely you were doing. enough, now I, I'm so glad I made that choice. Yes, yeah. I really am because it was so maybe didn't appreciate it fully at the time, but it was so broadly based, no. No. and it kind of just it ticked all the boxes. It, it allowed me to work in a therapeutic way with people and, and there was there were so many areas that I could work um, in post-qualification yeah. as well, you know, because um, there's basically sev several main areas for occupational therapists to work in and there's the physical side, psychological side, in psychiatric side really, yeah. uh, mental health, yeah. uh, Pediatrics, working with children, lots of different areas that you can yeah. go into. They're basically rehabilitation therapists, aren't they? They are. They are. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you did specialise in psychiatry, and that was part of what you yes. were uh, aiming to do. Well, I knew. Yeah. I, I knew. I mean, they don't yeah. let you specialise early on. They want you to no, get like one, a general one, foundation. Yeah. Once you once you got through that, yes. that period. Yes. I was determined yeah. that that was the direction yeah. I was going to go in. I, I, I kind of tolerated the other mm. areas where I did my placements and got my experience, but I knew for yeah. sure yeah. that it was going to be psychiatry finally. Yeah. And uh, you got me away from psychology, didn't you? I was doing the Open University right. just before I left the police and yes. then I went to what became Liverpool John Moore's you University yes. and I jumped over onto occupational therapy because yes. of what Pauline was doing yes. and the, the bandwidth of uh, medicine. That was available medical experience. Oh yes, that was just that and, part uh, of it was fabulous. I mean, it just mm. underpin, allowed us to underpin everything with science. It did, and, and yeah. that's that's been there. Oh, absolutely. From then yeah. till now. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had my interest in neuroscience that I got through the Open University. That was really, really mm. important. But mm. I couldn't have got the practical experience if yes. I hadn't gone into the hospital setting yes. as a part of OT training. Yes. Um, and of course. You got in touch with uh, the Charing Cross Hospital people, mm. and then that was that was the absolute watershed. Yeah. I think really it, it decided yeah. once and for all where we were going to go. Mm. Um, personally, that got me away from Carl Jung as an exclusive path. Yes. Yeah, I remember um, Don Bliving, the psychologist. Oh yes. Yeah, uh, who was yes. a friend of John Keynes. In fact, yeah. he was one of the people who were brought in from the outside, if you like, to test him. Um, People yes, used to come did. from all over the world, parapsychologists, uh, even Buddhist teachers from Japan, I remember being yes, there. Yes, I remember from that. Um, and he was very, very helpful in terms of helping Pauline to orientate yourself towards a career. Yeah. Um, I think probably under, under the influence of the relationship to me, she probably was veering towards academic psychology and that was the direction I was going towards, presumably clinical psychology, although I'd been disillusioned in that having worked in the hospitals at that point for three or four years with them and I found them to be mostly a bunch of bozos who didn't know what they were doing and that kind of put me off. Um, but Don Bliving was great. Um, he'd mm. done an awful lot of psychotherapy training in America. Um, he was financially very, very successful. had a huge house, yes. which would be probably worth around a million now, uh, local, um, I would say. Um, amongst other things, apart from being... Um, a psychotherapist and a counselling psychologist. He was an occupational psychologist. Yes, he was. And uh, John Kane put us in touch with him 
and he decided to test Pauline's IQ and aptitude and uh, it turned out she was pretty high up. She was in the top, in some metrics, the top two or three uh, percent. Um, and he basically said, well, have you thought of occupational therapy? Mm -hmm. Which uh, neither mm -hmm. of us had, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty obscure profession. Not many people really switch on to it. It's, it's in the shadow, I think, of physio, which is yes, a shame because it it's far broader. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Don Bliving encouraged us to go for that. Which uh, worked for you, didn't it? I think it worked for me beautifully, really, because obviously I had the interest in, in psychology and, and still have two to this mm. day, but it was also immensely practical as well. Yeah, it was. So that, that had a great appeal mm. for me, being a practical kind of person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I've said this probably many times before, whilst I can uh, have an appreciation. Of, uh, of theory and theoretical concepts and models and they're very interesting and so on. They only interest me insofar as that, the application of yeah. them with, with real people. Yeah. And so again, you see that through line, I think, with me of if it's not connected to people, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't do a lot for me. No. Uh, although I do value it in and of itself, of course I do, but for me personally, it has to have that connection. Yeah. And that allowed me to establish that and I think to make a, a clear decision about my career path yeah. at that point and I, again I'm very grateful for that I, mean, yeah. I can remember doing the tests and uh, yes he was obviously very materially successful but I can remember he didn't have the heating on no, and it no, was absolutely didn't. freezing in there yeah. and I thought if I survive this then I'm, I'm you yeah. know I'm going to be doing pretty well and yeah, this very arsey girlfriend, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, yes, very he did, sort of crazy and arsey. Yes, and, that's a good. Uh... Uh, he knew Carl Rogers personally. He was like a friend of Carl Rogers, and he was into the humanistic and transpersonal yes. uh, dimensions on things. He, he, mm. And like a lot of them, he, he kind of liked Jung, but he shied away from him. Maybe he was a bit, yes. a bit too much uh, LSD trip type. Yeah. You know? But yes. overall, really nice guy. Yes, he was. Very he supportive. Was. And, and obviously it was useful to be able to do that and it gave me it gave me enough information, it gave me a compass yeah. really on myself and a way of looking at myself objectively that allowed me to make an important decision. Yeah, yeah um, I, I started my OT career um, properly uh, in acute psychiatry and the actual, in, in for those days really, the actual department itself was very well set it up. It was, It was yeah. a huge department. It I mean, was. It was. By the time I left, it had kind of contracted down to nothing because yeah. the, the, the psychiatric nurses had kind of um, taken over and, and they'd encroached on it, yeah. on, on the rooms and yeah. um, on the, the various activities that, that, that had previously been available to people. But for its day, it was quite something really. It was, they it literally was. had a, a dedicated room for each activity, so you could do you could do creative art, you could do pottery, you could go into a classical music group. There was there was everything under the sun: yoga. country dancing, yoga, yeah, relaxation. Think, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, we had an OT kitchen where people could go and do anything from baking to cooking a full yeah. three-course meal. Uh, we had socials that we used to go back for in the evening yeah. uh, for people, and we'd have discos. We'd, we'd have all kinds of things. Yeah. And, and you brought the uh, the psychosystems model in. I did. And hypnotherapy in. I and did. the Charing Cross model uh, introduced them all, yes. didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, uh, against initial resistance from the psychiatrists. Oh, a lot of resistance. Including our dearest friend of all. <laughs> did I name him? 
Yes, yeah. go R on. Rafiq Mahmood, <laughs> who's the chief um, psychiatrist for the district, and yes. uh, who didn't like me because I was pinching all his private students off him. Mm. But um, there you go. Well, you know, his private patients. Beg your pardon. Yes, yes. I mean, hospitals have hierarchies, they as do. everybody knows, and. I wouldn't say I went in there naively because, you know, I I wasn't like a, a kid going in. I was married, I'd done other things before. But, you know, you'd, for anyone who tries to create change within a system that, that yeah. is kind of so well yeah. um, set, is yeah. going to have problems. Yeah. But I couldn't get away from the idea of advocating for people again it's that connection to people and I didn't like a lot of the practices I didn't like how people were treated I can remember one incident very clearly with um, a male OT actually who was working in the department and, and he was a little bit probably a little bit older than me and had been there obviously I a bit longer do you remember yeah. Steve got a great memory and uh, yeah well I know and I can remember him scolding me for giving a patient a cup of tea outside of the regular you know tea tea giving activity shall we say and i remember thinking what the you know that is just a lack of compassion yeah and it was like oh well you know if you do that kind of thing then you you know you're going to reinforce some kind of um negative behavior in that person you really shouldn't be doing it and you know, it really admonished me for doing it and i well I remember thinking you, you know, bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah. Um, you were junior gonna, in status at I that was, time, yes. but you later became... Yes, yeah, I the, did, yeah, yes. The yeah. manager. I did. Well, I got a couple of promotions in relatively quick succession. Yeah. And he moved on, eventually, left yeah. anyway. But I've never forgotten that. No. And I thought, why, why, do you, why do you even want to do this kind of work what what's it about for you is it just mm. a power relationship probably probably yeah. being able to push vulnerable people around and you know I, I always had the view that the people who were in there were far more interesting yeah. than the staff yeah um or any of the the, the consultants the psychiatrists the other thing was war drowns hated war drowns mm. because of the way that people were treated and we'd all be sat there and and, and you know each patient would be waiting for their turn they'd be called in individually to to be sat amongst us and then to be discussed as if they weren't there yeah and then some nurse will come along maybe 15 minutes into the the ward round with a tray for the consultant with the tea and the biscuits and all of that and they wouldn't be shared around put it that way yeah. uh, and the, pe the person the patient who had joined it would not be offered a drink or anything for that matter well they would have had one wouldn't they according to this guy earlier yeah. on in the day so why should they want another cup of tea but that stuck with me the yeah. the, the the inhumanity of that and i hated it and i thought i'm i'm gonna either have to fight from within from these people and I did for a time you did or just, I'm gonna have to make an observation of course you can but that's um that's a through line for you oh, you, you caring for people in that way yes that's the same girl who's the little girl in the street who was putting yes. plasters on yes. people's knees when they fell over <laughs> and, yes and you still have that caring element it's so fundamental to your nature yes. it's never gone no it's never gone 
and I cannot I cannot abide injustice I cannot I just cannot stand people being treated in that way no. it's disgusting yeah. it does it actually disgusts me yeah. to my core and I knew I either had to try from within make changes if I possibly could but then again a lot of the things that I, I, I did with respect to the model I mean, I did my best to get accepted to get it accepted within the, the, the unit. The psychosystems analysis. This is a psychos yes, psychosystems analysis. And um, kind of just I'm yes. sorry to interrupt no, again, okay. but uh, for those guys who are training with us, who are on the Discord, mm. um, there's a whole raft of paperwork <laughs> from that time. Uh, and you can actually see the programmes oh, that the Pauline was putting yes. together, what was in it, and yes. the liaison with Charing Cross, yes. bringing in the Jungian elements. Yes. Uh, and this was against the pressure of the NHS at the time, who oh, was yeah. trying to squash anybody who was innovative, who was creative, yes. and who was for people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about putting that no, context no, no, in. No, no, it's yeah. okay. That's, that's absolutely fine. So I fought for as long as I could. Until I realised that I, I couldn't make any more of a difference mm. and, and, and I couldn't get the people I needed on side to, to come with me on that journey. And I thought the only thing I can do at this point, because, you know, my own health is going to give if I don't try and deliver this in some other way. And that was the point at which I gave my <coughs> notice yeah. um, and left. And... We were at a point where we, when we were we were already thinking that we wanted to work together. Oh, that, that had been happening for ages. It I mean, had, by the time, but, but we were in yeah. a position to make it happen. Well, we were. I mean, there was a. I'd, I'd already started in the medical centres. Yes, you had. Uh, yeah. And then you were coming in and doing yes. some time in the yes. outside of your hospital that's work, right. and then you, yeah. you swapped over completely. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Yeah, because yeah. that's something that you always wanted. Oh, it you, is. It, um, it did indeed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she used to say that, that it was going to happen, and mm. I wondered how that would be. And yeah. for, for a while, I thought it might be within the occupational therapy environment, right. you know, but no, it wasn't yes. to be. Yeah, yeah. And that was great. I mean, we did a lot of good work together, I mm. think, in medical centres. Oh, but again, you're still hitting up against the mm. system. Yeah. And you have to try and do your best to make space within that system. And, and yeah. we did as much as we possibly we could. Did. We did. Um, but it's, it's very, very hard, isn't it? Mm. To um, We spend a lot of time because we cared so much. Yes, we did. Um, coming up against all sorts of difficulties from the powers that be. Yeah. Um, we had the but NH not giving up. No, we had the NHS powers that be, and there was that, yeah. and then there was the professional uh, matters there was that as, well, side with, of it as well, which was, was mainly my field. You know, I was. Yes, uh, it was. Yeah. Out fighting that, although Pauline was with me through that. Uh, her focus has always been people. Yeah. Uh, and the immediacy of that contact, I, I was absolutely for mm. that, but I, I guess it might be either a feature of type or even mm. a, a masculine feminine difference yes, that, that I, I was concerned with building the structures in the world. Mm. Uh, that had to do with um, developing our particular approach. Yeah. But yeah, we, we pushed hard on that and established training. We got top people from all around the world, all the Charing Cross people as well backing us. And yes. beyond them, uh, all the top figures within ISARP, which included senior consultants from all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, Papworth, yes. the top people from Papworth, Bart's Hospital. Yeah. Um, our use of capnography, of course, was, was, was central to that. And we pioneered its use in primary healthcare. We did. Very effectively. Very, very effectively. Yeah. 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 And of course there was Franz Young yes. as well. Yeah. And all of the, the, the collections. All, those all yeah. It just the, the amount of
pressure we were under uh, just went like that, didn't it? And it was uh, it was incredible. Mm. Um, within, I would say, 18 months of uh, starting in primary healthcare, we'd, we'd seen well over a thousand people uh, face to face. Uh, that was the kind of pressure that we were under. Yeah. We would start like the early hours at Botswana, probably eight o'clock in the morning, yes. and we might still be there eight o'clock at night. Oh yes. Because uh, yes. at one point we were working five mm. medical centres and we were moving between them uh, to get as much experience as possible, uh, taking on the hardest cases, and we got a reputation for able to sort out pretty much anything that the others couldn't sort out. Yes. So we got a lot of resistance against us for that too, didn't we? We did. Absolutely, yeah. we did. But we saw it as a challenge. We did, yeah. And I, I think this is where there's quite a bit of overlap in, in terms of our values. Oh, obviously, yes. Because if, if either of us are challenged with something, we rise to the challenge. We do. We do. We always <laughs> we've both have. Got, although we're polar opposites, we've both got that yeah. in our nature in common. We share the values, don't we? Do. we? And the, yes. we've shared the journey. Yes, yeah. And to, and to want to advocate for people. Yeah. I'm thinking about the time that that took really, I mean it was probably the best part of, I think about when before Gareth came on the scene, oh, right, yeah. for example. Yeah, it's good for um, four years solid, Yeah, not it, yeah, up, yeah. up until he was born. That's yeah. right, yeah. That, that's right. And all the, the politics as well as the professional practice. Yes, and that were going on in tandem with everything yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, well there were a number of things that probably made us delay having a family a mm. little bit. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of stuff to work through, mm. probably more than you had, Steve, to be fair. Um, again, my mother instilled in me that, even right into my 20s, that I couldn't have children of my own because then I wasn't her child anymore. Yeah. There, was, there was all of that going on between us. Yeah. and. I can remember even when I was married, we, we bumped into a friend of hers in the shop and she said, this is my, introduced me as, this is my baby and she's just got married and broken my heart. And it kind of tells you everything you need to know really about our, our relationship. Yeah, well she wouldn't speak to me at all for years. Oh no, she wouldn't. I no, didn't, you didn't just, exist. I didn't exist. No. I was literally not there. No. It was astonishing. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, it, it was absolutely dreadful, really, in many ways. Yeah. But they, these things cut deep. Yeah, they do. And and for me, it 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 went so far as in the same way that you, I think you said, Steve, during your personal myth, that you held the belief that you couldn't drive. Yeah. Well, I equally held the belief that I couldn't be a mother, that I couldn't have children, that yeah. I wasn't capable of it. No one could do a better job. I knew than that was her. nonsense. Well, yeah. just, I, no, just so you know, I knew you. that was nonsense. Thank God you did. Uh, yeah. And instinctively, I probably knew it was nonsense as well. But nonetheless, these these things. Um, they take hold they do and yeah. I believe that for a long long time and so it allowed me to develop myself professionally it meant obviously that that, that came later in life for me uh, fortunately not too late um, <clears throat> and it was a bittersweet time I mm. think because had I not had that um, suggestion from her mm -hmm. 
I probably could have enjoyed being pregnant and, and going through that process of, of having children uh, in a much more enjoyable way. Yeah, I could have embraced yeah. it more in a way that was... Yeah. It would could have yeah. been a happier time, I think well, I'm what, saying. It, I mean, it was happy. Yeah, it yeah, was. I, I, know what you mean. I don't I, wish to give no, the impression no, 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 that okay. it wasn't. Yeah, but, I, I know what you mean. The, yeah. the thing that was missing was that, um, in a Jungian sense, the archetypal relationship yes. to the, the lineage of yes. mothers. Yes, Because she definitely. didn't give you that. Whereas, um, you know, Pauline went, well, I went with her, went down to London to see uh, who was then a very, very famous international consultant and sort of celebrity, actually, mm. wasn't he? Yes, Michelle O'Donnell. Yes. Uh, who does the, the water births. And, mm. and, you know, for our first child, we were planning on doing that one to make everything just yes. right. We, uh, and we're going to have a home birth. And, yes. Uh, I went through everything with her as much as I could and she had all that love and support and the confidence to do it and, and everything was was just right except for the fact that her mother was not there for her and didn't confirm her no. as a mother in lineage yes. of other mothers. Yes. That was a terribly wounding, or it could have been, yes. had Pauline not been as strong and as developed as she was as, a, as an individual. Uh, dreadful, dreadful woman really for doing that. Yeah. To you. Yes. Well, if it forces you to um, to connect yeah. with the archetype, yeah, and to find ways of real ways of doing that out there in the world. If, mm. it, if it's if it's not there in your relationship to your own biological mother, you can still access it. That's yeah. an important thing to say, really. Yeah. For for any other woman or any other mother or mother to be that if, if you don't have it within your personal experience for whatever reason it doesn't mean that you no. can't still access it in other no. ways no. and I thank, again I thank God for that really mm. because uh, yeah. that is such a resource it is and probably why I said at the very beginning that in some ways I felt and still do feel more of a connection to my mum's mum than mm. I do to my own yeah she was fine she was uh, we liked her a lot yes yes yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, when Gareth was born, I hope you don't mind me no, saying no. this, it, it should have been a home mm. birth, but the, there was a, a slight complication that meant that it would be safer to go to the hospital. Yes. Yes. When we got there, um, you were given an epidural. Yes. That uh, went a bit further up than it should have done, and it <laughs> seemed as if she was yes. having difficulty. Like I couldn't breathe. Like she couldn't yeah. breathe. Yeah. But because I, I was monitoring the cat and the graph there, and I could let her know what the figures were and reassure her yes. um, and that's because of our training from Charing Cross yeah. and yeah. the uh, the consultant anaesthetist there mm. was what you know what a capnograph is and we, we were having a conversation about capnography <laughs> and about the, the psychological application thereof yeah. in general medical practice mm. um, and, and the, the, the psychological elements of it whilst Pauline was giving birth uh, I think he was more interested in that than he wasn't monitoring his own instruments, but fortunately I, I was keeping an eye on them for you, which yes, was, was useful. Yeah. yeah. So that, again, it's another index of how far back it goes, really. Are the capnography, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, and the significance of oh, yeah. it, and, and like you say, the you know the medical use of it in, in operating theatres, yeah. it's, yeah, it's well yeah. understood, isn't yeah. it? And your values and her waveform were fine and absolutely healthy, and mm. I can communicate that to her. Yeah. Yeah, which is clearly a very valuable yeah. thing in what was, I suppose, a bit of an emergency situation, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. Yeah, so um, Gareth burst into our lives, he did, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, the, 
the child, the, the baby, the child who never slept. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was three years. Three years. Wasn't it? Yeah, before he slept I think I, I, I got up to him every night, literally, for he three did. years before he started to settle down. Yeah. And again, in retrospect, I think we could probably say some of that was probably down to to his now established psychological type. Mm. I mean, we believe him, certainly in a functional mm. sense, to be an INTJ. And he had yeah. a, a, always, always as a child, had a, a rich inner world, a rich imaginal world, yeah. um, the world of intuition. Yeah. And he's still like that now. Yeah. And to kind of, you know, uh, fast forward a little bit to him starting school, for example, he was in a world of his own, wasn't he, was. he from the get-go. And we tried absolutely yeah. everything to settle him in mainstream school and he yeah. wasn't going to have it. No, no, well, ma no to, matter to what go, we did. To go back to that, those first three years, we actually yes. were on a rotor, mm. weren't we? Oh yes, um, oh yes, you mean the split nights? Split of... nights for three years. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'd take the end half, wouldn't I? Um, yes, yes, I think I kind of did into sort of the early hours. Yeah, and then I would stay up, would, basically yes, stay up all night, would. and then we'd go yeah. in, we'd actually take him with us, not into the consulting room, but mm. we'd, we'd leave him with the receptionist in the medical centre, wouldn't we, while we, we went <laughs> in. You'd give him a bottle while we went and yeah, did some work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was yeah. uh, very, very physically active, wasn't he? Oh, yes. Incredibly. Yes. And, um, very, very bright, mm. extremely bright. Well, you'd spend half the night watching Ladies by the Sea with him, wouldn't you, too? I'm not sure what the relevance of that was, but it was you all did. that was on. <laughs> there was that, and then Barney. At that time of the night, and Barney, yes. Oh, gosh, he loved That's all we had, there was no yes. internet then. No, that's, that's so we were stuck true. with whatever was on the telly. Yes. Yeah. But he had a, a, a thirst for knowledge and a breadth of interest. Spoke very early, walked very yes, early. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did indeed. Loved yeah. the physical environment. Yeah. Yeah. And you taught him lots of things, didn't did. you? You did a lot of imaginal play with him, yeah. I remember in those early yeah. days. You were very involved with him. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's still he's still in that rich inner world. He is. Even now. Yeah, he is. At nearly twenty six, isn't he? Yeah. He can't. And it, we were we were laughing the other day really because we thought it might be quite an imaginative thing to do to do a bit of a spoof on types. Oh yeah, yeah, didn't we? Just, yeah. just, just for kind of like, like a humorous thing. Yeah. And we're saying probably for for him, for for some INTJs at least, that um, he doesn't seem to have any kind of of sense of what happens from sort of the waist down. So if you know, we things by, fall by on that, the floor. Yeah, by that she means or, I mean, moving in space. Yes, I do moving in physical space. Yeah, it doesn't, yes, doesn't yes, mean, yes, don't the mean other anything thing. rude. No, I don't it's mean got anything rude. Nothing to do with no fat. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Just being able to navigate without hitting anything. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, yeah. He's he's on the clumsy side, isn't he? And yeah. He doesn't yeah, he doesn't yeah. always see things that are in front of his face. Unless he's concentrating. He was a very good kart racer. Oh, he yes. used to get um, when he's focused. black records and all yes. sorts of Fabulous. He was um, yeah. really, really good. Well, whatever yeah. he's interested in he's extremely good at. And yes, yes. Everything else he's not interested in, he's no Goes good by at the all. wayside. He just falls over and bumps into things because yes. the inner world's more important at that point when yeah. he disengages. So he's, he, a, he's a good yeah. one. Oh, absolutely. First class set of morals, values, ethics and so yes. forth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was in mainstream school till he was about nine, nearly ten? Yeah, we, had to, we, we had to take him out. We had to, yeah. yes, for, for lots of reasons really. Um, and that was the beginning of, of the home education for him, Yeah, certainly. Yeah, we, um, we were going... Um, 
the teacher would say to him on parents' evenings, yeah. what's your favourite lesson, Gareth? And he would say, playtime. <laughs> that was it. That was yeah. his favourite lesson. Yes. And they labelled him as being dyslexic. I think we've mentioned this before. We have. Yes, we have. Uh, and ADHD and all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. Um, and even threatened him on paper to beat him. We've oh yes, we still got it. We, we, yes, we, we, we could, we'll, we could we'll show James. We'll show the, James. Yes, we give him the report. Um, yeah. That's why I took yes. him out. Or I decided he's coming yes. out, not having that. Um, that was a religious teacher. That was a religious teacher. Yeah. Yes, a, a good Christian. Yes. Nothing like wanted, a good beating, is there, from a good, yes. a good Christian? Yeah. So uh, anyway, he got he got a job as a demonstrator, yeah. age nine, at Liverpool uh, Museum, Liverpool World Museum. Uh, placements in there. Well, these and, are his skulls. Uh, these are his skulls. Yeah. And um, yeah. oh, what, what's her name? We yeah, always forget, PhD. don't we? <laughs> I can't remember her name. Laura Bishop. Laura Bishop, yes. Yeah, well Dr. Dr. Laura Bishop, a yeah. Yale PhD, saw his skulls, uh, and, and she's a senior lecturer in paleoanthropology, or was then. Mm. Uh, and then said, well, I'll, I'll give you private lessons at Liverpool John Moores University, age nine and ten, and he was in there doing it. Um, but he got bored of it. Yes, he um, did. Yeah. That's Gareth all over. Yes. That's Gareth all over. Yes. But the museum were impressed with him. Yes, they very, were. Very, very impressed. Yeah. He wasn't with them. But there you go, that's Gareth. It is, yeah. Yeah. And then... If we were to fast forward again, um, six years later, Rhiannon comes along yep. in 2000. Very, very different experience, yep. really, with with her. Um, where where to begin? It's uh, it's been a tough 20 years, hasn't it? Yep. Really, she's got uh, learning difficulties. Um, goes further than that, though, because mm -hmm. of uh, how people have tried to exploit that vulnerability in yes. her. Yeah. Uh, to an evil extent, and yeah. uh, that, that's probably as far as we should go on that. I think. It yes, it, it's a difficult one. I mean, if I if I think, if I go right back to the big beginning to to when she was born. I mean, I was unwell yeah. after the birth, um, which probably didn't help. But I clearly remember, and it wasn't just a sexling difference difference as in she was a girl and Gareth was a boy um, she was very passive yeah, from the get-go and now it kind of again looking back all those years when I think about instincts and instinctive reactions yeah. to things um, it's more profound for me in a way because I knew instinctively mm things weren't right. There, there was nothing really very obvious at that stage that would have given the game away. Mm. But apart from this just general feeling that she was very passive and there were other babies on the labour ward and they'd be crying and bawling and, and were just more engaged in life with their own survival, yeah. basic survival. Yeah. And she wasn't like that. No. And, you know, there was some rationalisation, I think, on my part in those early days of that, well, maybe she's just a very relaxed baby. She's just very chilled. Yeah. Um, but I always had that feeling that instinctively something wasn't yeah. quite right. And yeah. over time you realise, don't you, because mm -hmm. of uh, contact that you have with health visitors and uh, paediatricians mm -hmm. and um, specialists.
speech therapist and whoever else beco becomes a part of your life. Yeah, and not always in a nice way either, because some of those no. people were frankly malevolent. And malignant. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. in, in what they said. Yes, they uh, were. what they implied. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, anyway, personally, it would be yes. too difficult to go there. To talk about but, it, yeah. Uh, for example, she couldn't even say a name till she was, what, nine? Or was it eleven? It was um, very late. It was very, very late. She couldn't even say her own name. And we, we, did, we took the option to homeschool her. Uh, we didn't want her uh, to be exposed to certain things. That didn't stop people trying to exploit her. No, that's for sure. Um, people who should have known better. Yeah. And that, uh, well, there you go. So we, we've had to fight to protect her, basically, from the moment she was born. We have. But the local education mm. authority actually said that, that we, do, we performed miracles with her to get her as far as we had. Uh, given uh, the, the starting point, they didn't expect it was possible for mm. us to get as far as mm. uh, we had. And they actually used to refer people to us, didn't they? They, they um, did, to, yes. As a model of what home yes. education could be could because be. of what we did with Gareth yeah. and because of what we subsequently did with Rhiannon. Um, but she's a very valuable, in our view, human being, um, a really good and decent person, and that's valuable in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but the, the worst thing has been the fact that we have had to protect it as much as possible, or as much as we've had to. Yes. It shouldn't have been the, uh, no. the case. No, absolutely not. And one of the photographs that, that um, I or we have chosen really to show here is that it's the one of her with Matt. Oh yeah, yeah, in the film. In the film. Yeah. Um, the Lilith movie, anyway. Yes. The, the production, pre-production stills yes. for Lilith, yeah. 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 Uh, there is so much summed up in that in image, that, yeah. potentially. Yeah, the need that, that that girl had to be protected. Yes. Yeah, to is, that extent. Yeah. Because she's so, so vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and, and yet so, so loving and so gentle. Yeah. Had she been normally developed, that would have been difficult enough. Yeah. For anyone who's sensitive, yeah. it's it's a tough world out there. It is. But if you're that way and you have learning difficulties, it's it's a you know it's a bit of a double whammy. So for me, that uh, in particular that photograph, um, where Matt, where Matt and and Matt is a fabulous guy in he real is. life. Yes, yeah. Never mind in yeah, terms yeah. of his acting ability, but you you know it is it's almost as if if you could if that person existed out there. Her that could protect her in that yeah. way and yeah. ensure that she remains safe mm. and, and ensured a survival. Although that would be a wonderful thing, it but would. obviously the real world's very different. Well, yeah, to it, that. It, it, but it just sums up that, that desire. It does. It's an archetypal it uh, is. thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a, you know, obviously he's playing a character there, but he's a man of action. He's, he's mm. a moral man mm -hmm. um, and uh, a guardian and a protector. And it, yeah. it's. Um, it's an animus thing as well, isn't yes. it? It's an animus story. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it's, for, for me, that's a very moving image. Yes, it is. It is. Very, very moving. Because uh, that character, if he were real, there'd be a lot of dead people around at the moment. Yes. For the ones who've uh, yeah. decided to, to pick on our vulnerabilities. Yeah. A lot of people who uh, who were in positions where they should have been protecting her and people like her. That battle uh, is ongoing against people like that. And enough said on that, but that battle yes. is not over yeah. and I'll never give up on it. No, no. N neither of us will. No. But she is a, you know, she is a, a wonderful 
human being, but very, yeah. very vulnerable. Yeah. And um, I think I, I, I re once I started to, to realise the extent of the difficulties that, that she was likely to have, um, it engendered in, in me a kind of a fierceness, really, mm -hmm. that I probably hadn't hitherto experienced. I, I think the thing for me, in particular with Rhiannon, and again looking back with, with hindsight and also in terms of how our model is developed, our model of practice, and we're leaning more and more towards instincts oh, yeah, yeah, as absolutely. we go along yeah. clinically. Yeah. Um, it's just how much, when, when you have a child with learning difficulties or special needs, whatever, whatever you want to term it, just how much your, your instincts mm. are rallied. Yeah. And I think yeah. back to to early days when I take her to play areas, for example, um, which is uh, you know a very strange environment. Really, it's it's almost like some kind of zoological experiment, really, where it it, it engenders instincts in you. Well, for some some people, it does. Um, some parents are just happy to sit and. Uh, from their mobile phone, but for others who, who aren't set that way and they're concerned about the well-being of the, their children, um, they tend to be a little bit more engaged with what's going on. And I felt that particularly with Rhiannon, yeah. uh, the way it draws on, I think I said earlier, that kind of fierceness in you as a mother mm. because just there was so little she could have done to, to prevent herself from being harmed either you know verbally or physically so i probably spent most of that time bobbing up and down from a seat and, you, and remember, yeah, you probably yeah. remember it well steve too and it, it it's a it's such a primitive thing it really brought it home to me having her and still having her because of course she's still with us um and I've, I've thought about it a lot too because even with even within the context of the special needs community there are so many different ways of being learning disabled and yeah. there's a lot of um, friction between people well, there's a hierarchy. as well there is a hierarchy uh, without a doubt the, yes the, uh, it's probably not right to say what that is specifically no, do, but you don't there, need there, to. there is one uh, condition if you like which is so favoured and so over the top yeah. and yet it's not even the majority within the minority yes. uh, as such is it? But, but that's right. You know, yes. uh, yeah. Still never mind. Yeah. There, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but you do get that mm. and obviously on an ongoing basis too because she's she's 20 now but she's a, a vulnerable adult. Yeah. Um, I still don't feel any less protective no, towards her. You can't because of what's out there and no, what's, uh, no. it, what we've it, had it to fight against. Absolutely, yeah. and, and, and we have done, and you have in particular, you've done absolutely everything you possibly could do for her as a father. Yes, um, yeah, short of uh, drastic action, well, that's a right. grand with, gesture. With, within what's socially acceptable, of course. Yeah. Well, beyond that, but, you know, because yes. the only, I could only have gone to the grand gesture, and the, the thing about yeah. that is you can only do that once. Yeah, because yeah. you literally shoot your bolt if once you've done that, yes. and uh, you can't do it again. So yeah. there's a limited number of targets you can take down unless you have a new, a, a, a portable yes. tactical nuclear device <laughs> with sufficient radius yeah. to take out the entire target. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it's the thing about archetypes yes. too in so much as you can't whilst they kind of sum up a situation yeah they're not necessarily something that can be followed through on no they don't no. you know because mm. you have to live in the real world yeah, indeed. And and with somebody like Rihanna, and you soon realise that there's, yeah. there's a, a difference yeah. between what you might want to do, what you, and what you can do, uh, and, and what's um, yeah. you know viable to yeah. do um, in, in a kind of a moral or an ethical yeah. sense. So um, it, it really does bring it home to you. And there, there have been times in the past. I'll be quite honest about it. Um, well, and again, this is instincts, it's, and, and when you get down to the level of instincts, in some ways, you have to forgo the moral arguments mm. about things, because they just insist themselves. They're a priori. They are yeah, a priori. To morals, and they, they, they a priori are. to so-called archetypes as they well. They are, absolutely they are. One, one of the problems with so-called archetypes, and we've actually met face-to-face -face institutional evil. We know what it is. And when people go on about, you know, archetypal evil, and it's all theory, they've never experienced this. It's, it's a little off-putting. Uh, and I'm talking about therapists or so-called therapists that, that discuss things like that. But the, th the thing about archetypes is they do distract because they, they offer... It, it's like if you're hungry and you're given a meal, that's a yeah. nice meal. It doesn't stop you being hungry again soon. Um, instincts, hunger you can call that an instinct, certainly the drive to eat... Uh, they need to be completely satisfied for survival reasons. They do. And archetypes which have essentially just collective fantasies, and we know this because we're in the film industry, we're in the mm. business of mm. archetypes and narratives. We know the difference between them and instincts. And behind every archetype there's one or more instincts, and that's why very often people react to the same archetype differently. Isn't mm. it? It's because it's how it, it is. Yeah. how it's it um, manifests itself in in life. Excuse yes. me. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's something no. I would never do. No, I know. Of course, I, know, I would I know, never I know, do. I know. But, but I understand what, why some people do yeah, do it. And what yeah. what you you're getting is the frustration of instinct of being powered through the limbic system into an archetypal rep representation of a solution, which then becomes safely ducted into a fantasy image of our daughter being protected. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah that's and that's, that's, uh, that's the archetype, but it doesn't satisfy. No, because it doesn't. It doesn't. It does not satiate instinct. No. It, it, it's meant to, in, a very, in the same sense as say you eat a meal. And then it's gone, and you need another one. Um, and, and that's one reason why these narratives exist in the way that they do, and why archetypal characters are not real. Instincts are 100% real, mm. because they, they reflect real life. Mm. Yeah, the instincts are a priori to archetypes. And Carl Jung himself said that the archetypes are the self-portrait of instincts. Instincts create archetypes. It's yeah. not the other way around. Mm. And the latest discoveries in neuroscience showing this, the, the, there is an emotional layer of consciousness which is itself a priori to cognition. That's deeply rooted in our ancestral past and that's the direct route that you get down to instincts and whether those mm. instincts are being satisfied or not. That's why we get depressed. Uh, reactively, very often. That's because instincts are being compromised, not because of archetypes. Mm. 
when people feel that their life la lacks meaning, the meaning of lacking meaning is that you're not in place socially. You, you don't have your rank, you don't have your survival guarantee. Yes. That's what causes, not because of some bloody archetype. Yeah. The archetype is the fantasy that's meant to act as a container to deal with the emotion whilst a, a situation is resolved temporarily usually and yeah. this is what why I, I say that basically archetypes just do that it's like you, you have a meal when you're hungry and even at the level of a soap opera you get that where people get hooked into soap operas because it's like having a dream yes and dreams are like archetypes Jung was right it's the same thing but yeah. fundamentally the drive the behavioral drive is instinctive and it's it's only when you're in an, an absolute I've been in like I have been in real life threatening. I've seen I've I've been through all. I've dealt with death. I've I've dealt with terrible violence, and there's, there's a, a dissociation involved at, at those times that, uh, that that separates you from any fantasy about what life is. Yeah. You know, um, and it's the same with with this. Mm. If you have a child who mm. is under that kind of threat, and uh, the institutions themselves are corrupt at an instinctive level. Yes themselves that their instincts are corrupted there's no point going about archetypes then it's a complete pile of shite and nonsense and when you work therapeutically with people nobody asks about archetypes unless they've been exposed to the idea that they even exist they come in and it's an instinctive issue yeah. for them a deeply emotional issue and that's instinctive and then there's the complexes that form around those so these are fundamentals, aren't mm, they? Absolutely they are. I mean, there's no doubt that as a human being, she has um, her own intrinsic worth. Oh, yes, and, without a doubt. I mean, she is a, a wonderful young woman in very many, loving, many ways. Very loving. Very, very loving. And, and, and very creative. Very creative actually. and loves and enjoys life mm. as much as she can. And for somebody who, as I think you've said, Steve, before, um, has been so maligned really uh she's done well i mean she has re receptive and, ex and expressive speech disorder yeah. she has global delay in, in other areas yeah. of her development yeah. but she is a creative person she is and um she can read and write now we've we've told oh, yeah, her to yeah. do those things yeah. she's left-handed which yeah, was yeah. just another yeah. added difficulty that she yeah. had um so but you know, she's creative. She's she actually creative. Actually do quite a bit with, um, with, uh, with technology. Actually, she's she very can. good with computers. She's a good photographer. Good, very good photographer. Uh, yeah. But she was actually hated from the moment by others, uh, from the moment she she was conceived, and yeah. certain parties knew that Pauline was pregnant. The hate against her started immediately, did, yeah. uh, and that was within the psychotherapy field. Mm. Actually. Mm. Um, it was unbelievable the the malignancy that drew to her. Talking about light attracting shade, she's such a good person, but she attracts darkness towards in a destructive way. Yeah. It's uh, it's malignant, malevolent, horrible. Yeah. Uh, there you go. But again, that that's part of life, and uh, yeah. we engage with it as we always have. We we do indeed, yeah. and and. I think through creativity, yeah. uh, with, with for ourselves and, and with both yeah. our children through through the home education yeah. and probably through that that actually brought me back to, to my art rather late mm. in life. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, but nonetheless, I was able to um, because I was doing so much with them. We all sat together doing various yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, you did. But um, 
yeah. it got me back in touch with that again. Yeah. I started to 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 draw um, and, and to do portraiture with, with what time I had available. And if if there was anything, maybe my mum did give me or carry over from that relationship, it was probably yeah the artistic. Yeah. Um, drives and I mean she was a, a fantastic artist actually to be fair in her own right I mean yeah, she went she to the Laird School of Art in Birkenhead where yeah. it was quite a prestigious, was a prestigious thing to do that um, and school, she did yeah. a lot of still art she used to make her and, and bind her own books and um, sadly as a, I think I've probably said in the past she decided to, to destroy everything she just binned it she had a habit of doing that she destroyed photographs from your childhood. My wedding um, photographs. Your wedding actually, photographs. She, she burned yes. them. Yeah. Um, the, her own set, not ours. Yes, fortunately. Um, that was uh, how uh, unpleasant a person she was. Yeah. Really, uh, with deep within. Yeah. But there's probably some instinctive issue there for her, a, a lack of fulfilment, which caused her to maladapt towards you. Yes. And to try and cripple you psychosocially. Yeah. Um, just dreadful. What people do to one another is yeah. awful. And we often yeah. say to each other yeah. now, because most of these people are gone, yeah, dead and gone, yeah. they're, they're no longer in our lives, yeah. and we say, what was all that What about? was all that What was about? it for? What yeah. did it achieve? Nothing. Nothing, no. Yeah. No. But, but you must never yeah. give up. No, no, never. Never give up. No. no matter, you know, how close to the edge you feel you are, or if you're on the floor, if you can still get up again, stand up again, and try again, because... We say this so often, but it's true, your genomic potential yes. wants you to do that. It's still there. It was there at the beginning. Yeah. It, it can be there decades down the line again, still asking of you yeah. to fulfil that. Yeah. And, and in a way, you have an obligation to do it. You have an obligation to yourself to do it. And people can overcome all manner of things, they can. can't they? They, can, they really can. They can. That's all sorts of challenges. One reason why we're therapists and we're still therapists is for that. Yeah. Making a difference in somebody's life is uh, such a privilege it to is see a that happen. Absolutely, Just it a, is. One more grain of sand yeah. on the scales to balance out the horrible evil it is in, the, in this world. Yeah. A lot of that is ordinary everyday evil. Oh, yes. It's not the yeah. big stuff. No. Is it? No, because most nonsense. people don't ever no. encounter that. No. No. Uh, they're not challenged to that no. extent. But no. it, for me, it's that ordinary, everyday evil that, that, that people yeah. um, you know, project onto one another and try and harm one another yeah. with. It's, it's just awful, but we're fighting at the same time. We are. We are. The creativity is important as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's an instinct for you. Absolutely. So what, much when, so much comes from yes, that. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is an instinct to create. Mm. And out of that emerge archetypal images. Exactly what Carl Jung said. Yes. The instincts are the creators of images because uh, archetypes, because archetypes are the self-portraits of, in, uh, of instincts, and you see that in the creative process. Yes. It's so clear. You do, yeah. and uh, and that's something that that kind of returns me to my, my occupational therapy days. Yeah. Really, with the the badge that we wore was the phoenix rising from yes. the ashes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do habits in there. Hand. Oh, I thought yeah. I did. It was over there. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I don't know if it's possible to see that on camera. It's very, obviously it's very, very small. And, you know, I keep that to this day because that's, we can all do that. 
we can all rise from the ashes. And we yeah. might have to do it many times, but it can be done. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And we have repeatedly. Um, we haven't covered everything, have we? No, no by um, no means, no. Um, yeah. But there you go. Yeah. Trees yeah, so grow on growing. They do. So yeah. we've, we've, we've found our home mm. in therapy, haven't we? we have. I think we'd be hard-pressed, yeah. really, to, to do anything else, given... Yeah. Um, that and the creativity of the films, but we've always... Yes, of course, but they're, for us they're connected. They're, yeah, they? we've always connected yeah. them, and that's part of the promise we made to Franz Young as well. Yeah. And it's a healing thing. To facilitate creativity for others, it's a marvellous way of doing that. Yeah, yeah. And anyone can do that. Yes. It's not an elite thing. No. It's not a, you no. know, a, a special privilege. No, um, it's not. For a few. Uh, anyone. I mean, Rhiannon's proof of that. She is. And yes. whilst we can't obviously share all that on camera now, we, we have so much of what oh, she's yeah. done of her drawings yeah. and her paintings and her yeah. modelling and her photography. And yeah. She's a, a, a work testament. on computers. So. Yes, I work yeah. on computers as well. Yeah. She edits films, there's all sorts. She does, she's really good. yeah, yeah, yeah. She can green screen. Yeah, of course, they're doing that yeah. once. We didn't even know how she'd worked out no. how to do it, no, but she, she had. Did. Yeah. yeah, quite extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for watching this episode of Young to Live By. If you haven't already, make sure you download our free PDF for integrating your shadow. It includes the most advanced theory on the topic available anywhere on the internet, as well as a full practical breakdown. If you've ever wanted to integrate your shadow, this is honestly the way to do it. Thanks again for watching and take care.